guys? Welcome to the eighth episode of Lifting the Lid. In this episode, expect to find out what the commando tests are, how best to tackle them, and why we think the katsu curry is the calling card of a vanilla personality. Let's get into it. Welcome back. So, uh, this episode again, we're delving into Lifting the Lid again. I think we're on eight now. Yeah, so episode eight of Lifting the Lid, as you'll have seen in the title, we're going to cover off the commando tests. So, just as customary, Eddie's going to interview me about the four commando tests. If you don't know what they are, then you're in for a lot of education today. If you already know what they are, then you'll see some sort of inside insights into what, what, what they are and how, how they sort of went. So, And if you are a regular listener, we did briefly touch on them in one of the initial lifting the lids, didn't we? It might have even been the first it one. It would have been the first episode. When we went through training. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we glazed over yeah, them, we to say the least. Yeah, we didn't enough justice, so uh, we're going to do that now. Yes, because you get a load of questions about this as well. Yeah, loads so of questions, yeah. It's, it's basic admin for you, really, now. Yeah, this is true. Well, I haven't talked in-depth about them, to be fair, for <clears throat> for a long time, or thought in-depth about them. <laughs> so this should be quite interesting. Um, this could be a good thought <clears throat> exercise for you. Yeah, because they seem, they like, obviously we'll get into it, but when, when you go through that sort of week, because it's so intense and there's so much going on, yeah. when you look back on it, it's a bit of a blur. So you can't, I can't really remember until I, until I actually try and think about it. So. Well, I obviously don't know this, but from, from your experiences and all the friends that we have in the court, mm. there's not really much time set aside for reflection, is there? <laughs> it's all very heart rate zone four, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. there's not much journaling time. No, no. So uh, this, this is your chance. This mm. is your, this is your therapy session, effectively. Yeah, love that. And you're, and you're all welcome to, you're all invited. So. Right, so before we get on to that... We've got to get through some segments. Yes. So we've got Helmet of the Week first. Yeah. Uh, right. At fa- before we introduce it, face value, this will seem very niche. <laughs> but, but bear with us, we'll explain why. Okay? Yeah. It's, it's on our radar at the moment, so we have to address it. Yeah, as, as always. Right, okay, so I'll let you introduce it. No, it's all right. Well, we need to give the, the jingle first. Oh, yeah, give, pay it, give it its due diligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helmet of the Week. Yeah, so Helmet of the Week, and we you only really realised this because we went out there yesterday and we thought, this this has to be addressed. Um, and well, so, I think we both kind of subconsciously noticed it, and then we've kind of now turned it into a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, well, you, so you introduce yeah, it. Okay, well, so people who order the katsu curry at Wagamama's. Yeah, it's like spot the Wagamama's virgin, isn't it, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah, um, and even, some people aren't, some people have been there a lot of times, but they're too... Setting their ways and not adventurous enough to try anything else, so yeah, they still order that. So I think my issue is the people that haven't evolved on from the katsu curry. I understand people that start start. It's oh, like we've all done that. It's like a gateway, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's the marijuana of Wagamama's. It's the chicken tikka masala. It is, it? yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the equivalent of getting plain at Nando's on your first order. Yeah, but then you don't stay, really know yeah, what to expect. But then staying at plain. Yeah, you've not evolved. You're, you're, not, you're not diversified your palate there. <clears throat> no, and there's so much on there's so much on the Wagamama's menu that is far better oh, than... My favourite thing about Wagamama's is the fact that you order something, you don't know what half the shit is. Yeah. You just know it tastes good. Yeah, it just eat, just eats good. <laughs> yeah. like, and I can't it's even healthy. I can't even fucking pronounce it. No. I just know that my mouth likes it. The katsu curry is actually probably one of the most unhealthy things I would say. Because it's fried chicken and it's curry sauce, which is probably covered in oils and all that sort of stuff. Like sticky white rice as well. Very carb rice. dense. Yeah. For for people that let's face it, don't need the carbs. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, if, oh, I delved into this earlier because I'm a nose. Right. So uh, <laughs> the chicken katsu curry has a thousand calories and forty-four grams of protein. Oh, really? The chicken ramen that I have mm. is five hundred calories is and it? forty grams of protein. Fair point. Well, so I'll go for my, my order. I obviously know the stats around that as well. So <laughs> the yeah. duck donbury has um, it's about has, it's about eleven hundred calories, but yeah. I burn hot, so I need that need that many calories, and it's about seventy-eight grams of protein, which is unbelievable because it's yeah. got an egg in it as well. Goated. So basically, um, what we're saying there is, uh, eat smarter, get more nutrients on board, yeah, uh, and diversify your palate. Yeah, exactly. Just try something new, even if you don't like it. You've uh, you, you've tried, and that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a few kind of what I would term serious offenders mm. yesterday who've gone to Wagamamas with their misses, and their misses is obviously more accustomed to Wagamamas than them. Yeah, so they've gone something a bit more exotic, but that. But they stuck with the chicken katsu curry. Yeah, you just bore so in there. You just you? bore. Like, what, yeah. If that's like your first or second date, what kind of advertisement are you giving there? Yeah. Well, to be fair, this was me, right, with my ex. But, <laughs> but I had to diversify. I had to, had to level up. You pulled your shit out of the fire, exactly. didn't you? Quick time. Because uh, otherwise, you get left in the left in the dust. I think the thing with the katsu curry. I think the thing with Wagamamas is people get people get scared by the fact they don't know what these vegetables are. You know, because they're all kind of. Eastern, mm. they're not familiar. You don't get them in British supermarkets. No. What you got to understand is you're never going to know them. Yeah, and also you've just you, got to scram them. You don't, you don't really get um, those kinds of foods in in our traditional takeaway environment. You yes. know, if you're getting like an Indian or a, even like a Chinese, same part of the world, but you don't get any of that kind of food. Japanese is very niche, isn't it? Yeah, it's a so hermetically it, sealed culture. Yeah, isn't so it? people are like, oh, katsu curry. Okay. I know I like fried chicken. I know I like curry sauce. I know yeah. I like rice. It's probably the uh, most. Yes, it's like um, the most Western dish on the yeah, menu, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So um, you can see why people. You can understand why people naturally go towards it originally. But you've got to fucking diversify your palate. There are so many things that are better on the on the menu. That's that's the take home message. So next time you look like, go to Wagamas, the reason this has come about in our echo chamber is the fact that um, Wagamama's have just opened up near us. Yeah. So we are now frequenting <laughs> so it. Yeah, so we are spending quite a lot of money in Wagamama's <laughs> and spending quite a lot of time there. Yeah, rightly so, because it's essence. But, yeah, anyway. but you like Wagamama's more than me. Very quickly, for mm. someone that's never been mm. or is going but wants to uh, diversify, give them three three things to try. Three solids. Okay. Yeah, solids uh, or mains. I'll, I'll go all mains. Right, so okay. Yeah, I have to get sides as well. Yeah. So we'll go... The shiridashi ramen, which is the ramen with the pork belly in, which is the essence. You've not had that, have you? No. It's good. The broth's better as well than the chicken. Ooh, I love the broth. Um, Brothel. My my order, obviously, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to put in there, which is uh, the duck dombri, as mentioned. And then, number three, um, what's it called? The, well, I'll go with the chicken ramen, because that is good as well. Yeah, so it's Because, again, ramen's healthy as fuck as well. Yeah. It's like a bowl of like goodness in it. Yeah, yeah. It's sick. It's all cooked in the same shit. So yeah. all the nutrients that you normally lose from like boiling veg yeah, or whatever yeah. are still in the broth. Yeah, and all the, the meats make it tender. Cause yeah, yeah. We'll get off wagon ones. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll stop blowing smoke up the fuck it up their arse. But yeah, right, okay, those, so, those are your three. So this is gonna, choose one. This is gonna be a good this is gonna be a good segue from yeah. Wagamomas to the fucking commando test. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, if anyone can do it, it's us. That's a screech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, on to Commando test one. I guess we're going to go in order. Right, so well, before we actually get into the commando test, we need to cover some basic commando test admin, right? Let's set the scene. Paint the picture. What's building up to these tests? Like the the preparation, what's gone into it? So the entire... um, What are they? Well, the tests are, you know, the final week. No. 
the kind of the week before the final week of training, the final week of tests that you'll face before you are a, a Royal Marine, and effectively that last eight or nine months of super intense physical and soldier training has has led up to those tests, and the entire time you're you're building up your fitness and. and each week compounds on the next and you're building up, building up, building up and then you'll hit this seminal week where you, you kind of tested on all all of these things and, and everyone knows what the tests are before they've even got there because they're publicised as, as we know and as some of the listeners probably know but they're um, so they're in your mind the, the whole time you don't know a lot of the other, te- other tests that you face throughout the training training's you know punctuated with loads and loads of tests but you don't really know what they are and you just sort of thrown them as and when, and you're like, oh, okay, we've got Baptist run or whatever. Criteria exercises and stuff. But you don't really know what they are beforehand, so you haven't built up the same angst around them. But the commander tests, you know what they are before you even hit apply. Yeah. At home, so, so you know exactly what you know the 30 miler is, whatever, which we'll get into. But So it's a big point in time. It's almost like you've been looking forward to this like fizz session effectively for like two years I was just about to say theoretically because you know all throughout the process of application your initial training actually getting to Limpston you know that at some point you're going to have to cross cross these challenges so it is it's a bit it's like two years worth of work going into this it's work and it's obviously the mental angst building up because you, yeah. you, you know it, it all culminates in this final week so if you fuck anything up or if for whatever reason your body can't handle it or whatever which which happens, you know, like the compounding effect of all four of them, they do, they do sort of mount up, and some people just break as a result of that. So everything physical that you do in training, effectively, is building you up to pass these tests. Pretty much. But is it is it the compounding effect of them back to back that finishes people off? Normally, yeah. But there's there's also there's little other bits as people get injured. Obviously, that's that's something you can't really help. The other thing is they test. They're obviously well designed. So they test different different portions of fitness so some people who really aren't good at certain like maybe they're really shit at endurance just just naturally they might really struggle on 30 mile yeah. and therefore they, they fail it other people uh, who have like little niggling injuries that are going through training like shin splints or stress fractures or something because that week's so intense physically it just yeah it just writes them off. It. yeah and so some people get like compartment syndrome where their calves really lock up and you can't get any contraction out of them <clears throat> all these sorts of things, sorts of things. but be, yeah like you say because they're so intense and because they're so um, like back to back in that week you, you tend to get people being written off more than in other weeks physically anyway but yeah I guess the, all the physical training is building up to being a f- physically robust Royal Marine but those are the tests that show that you are a physically robust Royal Marine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So before we get into the individual ones, as a whole, mm. the week, mm. would you say it's more mental or physical? Uh, more mental, definitely. Yeah. Because remember, you're already run down by this point as well. Like, you're not going in... Fresh. Well, hydrated, well slept, all this sort of stuff. You're going in pretty fucked anyway. Because we came back off final X. So you come back on exercise completely dishevelled effectively and then, and then, a void of your former self yeah and then um, and then you have to turn yourself around on a weekend I think I believe the um, endurance course is done on Saturday maybe so you don't have long in the in the tra- transition between the two and so you have to get yourself squared away uh, and again you'll, you'll have done training and like run through the endurance course you know how it feels but you've never done it with that pressure on uh, and so yeah sometimes it's, it's quite difficult it is mental um, so and not physical this sounds like a stupid question right and mm. this is it's quite anal 
Does it all, do they always fall on the same days for everyone? Yeah. So like there is a set thing, so on X day you will mm. do... Oh, right, okay. Mm. Yeah, so you have the same... Everyone, that, that just sets the playing field level, doesn't it? So yeah, so it, yeah. everyone's got, you know, one day they'll do... They'll have like one rest day in between. That's It's the same rest day. If they've got to do any redos, they'll do it on the same day as everyone else will do the redos, you know. So it's it's um, it's one of those things that you'll definitely get... Um, everyone does the same thing. Because, again, because they're tests, you have to have every single troop has to carry the same weight, has to do the same time, has to do the same distance, has to do it on the same day because every variable they can control yeah. for, they'll control for, so that everything um, everything is fair. Um, because they're the one thing as well, like like we've probably talked about before, some of the other stuff in terms of like the entrance tests and the physical stuff on the front end of training, so ROP's now in there, CPC's in there, which is different to how I went through and different to how 20 years it went through. They're different now. But because this final wall is always the same, and it's always, you know, it's always eight hours for the thirty mile. It's always the same. It's always the same weight. It's always whatever. Because they're always the same. You can say everyone who's gone through training is, is of the same caliber. Yeah, because yeah, they're still doing the final. Test. You still have still to do that same. block at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have any idea whether more lads drop out doing the final test now if the no, if the barrier to sure. entry is lower? I'm not sure. I don't know. To be fair, um, but by that point, you'd hope that they were all kind of that's the up idea. to the same yeah. level of proficiency, wouldn't you? Yeah, because really? they've been through the same progressions. You may have yeah. started at a relatively lower level, but but you've got to remember now, training's four weeks longer as well, so they have a longer time to build Eddie. people up for. Right. Well, we've kind of beaten around the bush as much as we can without actually getting into the test. Yeah. So let's, get into them. let's do them in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Start let's us go. off. So the endurance course is first. Right. Which is fucking stinking. I think this was probably, without ruining it, probably one of the worst ones for and, me. And what does that entail? So, it's a six-mile cross-country run, effectively, with um, 21 pounds plus your rifle, and so about 32 pounds of kit. You've got to be done in under 73 minutes, and you finish on camp next to the shooting range, and you go straight to the shooting range, and you fire 10 rounds at 25 metres, you've got to hit 6 out of 10 shots. Oh, yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that marksmanship component yeah, to it. that the component end. to it. And if you fail that, you fail the entire test, you've got to rerun the whole thing. Um, and so it's two miles of undulating ground and cross-country tunnels and water obstacles and all this sort of stuff. Are, those, are they the smarty tunes? Yeah, two miles of all that sort of stuff. And then you get off the course, and you have to run four miles back to camp. That's your six six miles. Right. We need to unpack this a bit more yeah. as well, because it's not just like a six six mile cross country run. No, because no. you're in all your kit, so you're in boots. Yeah, you wear boots first. Yeah, you're carrying webbing. added added weight. Yes, yeah, so you're carrying twenty one pounds, about ten kilos of actual webbing on your on your on your belt. And and at some point you also get wet. Yeah, so and, that makes you heavier as well. Yeah, and you're carrying your weapon. Remember, which is about five or six kilos, um, and awkward. Remember, you got to which still that. needs to be serviceable at yeah, the end. So you can't just like jam it into the fucking deck to get up or use it yeah. as a walking stick or whatever because it'll be fucked. So it's a, it's a lot more complicated than you think, really. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like oh, six miles in seventy three minutes, fucking easy. But the first two miles probably take you a good thirty five ish minutes, and you can imagine two miles at thirty five minutes is a long time because yeah. because. Well, it, it's, it's the only reason is because of how uh, undulating it is. You go for you, you sort of sprint in groups of four. So you start in groups of four. You sprint down a hill and, and up. And the first kind of, I guess it's six, seven hundred meters, maybe six hundred meters. Um, you sort of sprint together. You, the idea is you stay as to, as close as to, you can to to each other. 
because then you approach the first big obstacle, which is the sheep dip, which you will have seen, right? So the sheep dip is this fully submerged tunnel. Oh, yeah, yeah, where two of you get on one side, two of you get on the other side, and you chuck each other through this fully submerged tunnel. So by that point, you're you've already been through Peter's pool, which is so you're already wet. But that, by that point, you're fully submerged in Oggin. So that, by that point, you're completely sodden. Peter's, so, Peter's pool sounds really whimsical, yeah. but, I, I, but I imagine it's anything but. It's just all it is is a, a water feature on on Woodbury Common. It's nothing crazy. It's just freezing cold normally. Um, but you go through sheep dip, and then you're completely sodden. So now your webbing, which was £21, is probably now more like 24 25 Your boots are probably £3 each. So that's fucking horrendous. It's <laughs> like walking like with wearing, rocks on your it's feet. It's like having ankle weights on, oh, literally. Oh, fuck that. Um, and then, so you get off... So you, it, all four of you approach that. And if there's one who's slower in the group, you have to wait for them. It has to be two on each side for safety. So one, one pushes, one pulls. You all go through that individually. And then you get your kit back on. So webbing back on, rifle back on, whatever. And then you sprint up this the first real big hill which is straight after getting really heavy so you sprint straight back up that so you're you're fucked by that point and by that point because you've remember if you're really out of breath and then ask you all of a sudden to hold your breath for 10-15 seconds while you get pushed through something now your heart rate is going skyrocket anyway yeah. then you're flapping and getting all your kit back on your heart rate's going again then you've got to do a hill sprint and get back into your stride it's all it's all re- relatively difficult so you um you get off that hill and then you come back around and then you're into more of the smarty tube sort of tunnel stuff tunnel stuff there's a lot going on there yeah. and I, I, you that's know, only I, in the first mile I'd, I'd love to put heart rate monitors on some of the lads when they do it yeah same because you're not you're not allowed like gps watches no. to try and know no. it but it would be so interesting to find out what their actual heart rate is working at. yeah you're also not allowed normal watches doing fizz so you don't know where you are so when you're oh, on that four mile back to camp you know you've got to get in with 73 minutes but you don't have a clue whether you're at 40 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Is that to stop lads rapping if Pacing they know it. that they've yeah. Yeah. if they know that they've fucked it? You know, it's to stop lads going, oh, I've got another five minutes. Oh, really? Oh, because they want you... <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah. Right, we talk about this all the time, this incessant zone four mentality yeah, that, it that shows the core of. You've got to put 100% effort in, lad. You don't like this. <laughs> You've got to put 100% effort we, we, in. We come from very different sides of the wall, yeah. basically. You're all like... All out effort, yeah. and I'm work smart, not hard. Yeah, that's bollocks because yeah. you, <laughs> you don't build any fucking mental toughness working smart. That's You've got to live in a puddle. Yeah, you have for ten days. No, but anyway, the, yeah. So you get off the endurance course, you're fucked by that point. To be fair, you're um, you've been crawling for probably a total of about hundred meters, and you you know in terms of all the tunnels and you're up and down and all this sort of stuff. So, so say you're doing the first. What was it? Two miles in like thirty-five minutes. I don't know if it's that that slow, but yeah. say you've then got like half an hour to do the other four miles. Mm, that's about eight hundred miles, just under. Yeah. With all that weight, that's you fucking going thrashing yourself, really, aren't you? Oh yeah, it's good. It's, it's not all. It's you say endurance. Yeah. It's still basically a sprint. Well, yeah, it's they've not sixty-five minutes of just sprinting. They've not really got got the grasp of endurance there, have they? It's not zone two. <laughs> it's, it's not zone two, mate. No, well, you fucking you're testing yourself. You're never going to be in zone two testing. But um, you get off the endurance course having held your weapon for the entire time. Then that's when you can sling it. So a lot of people will have uh, like a bungee loop on the back of their webbing, and so they'll backpack their rifle. So they have one sling here, one sling on the other shoulder. And they'll have their, web, their weapon in this bungee loop on the back of the weapon, so it's just like a backpack. And then you just run, um, which isn't the most comfortable. 
isn't the most comfortable thing in the world, but it's just. So you've got a work. rifle pressing into your back. Yeah. Right, okay. Lovely. But it just makes it easy to run. It just bit. means you can use both arms. Right, to so swing. you can pump with both arms. Um, but most of the rest of the four miler is, uh, is downhill. There's like one uphill segment, and then you get to camp. <laughs> and you have to get over. You know, we've been to. If you ever been to Limston, you can't cross that road. Where you come from, if you come from Woodbury and go into the camp, you can't cross the road. So you have to go up over a bridge and back down. So by the time you get back, you've run six miles. Your legs are absolutely fucked. Your heart rate's been about two hundred for sixty minutes, and then you've got to negotiate stairs and get it's up these stairs. It's a shit bridge, by the way. Yeah. Do they deliberately make the the like the stair spacing awkward to, to fuck with recruits? I doubt it. Because it's it one of those. Adds to it, it's one it? of those ones where if you do it singularly, you're kind of out of yeah, step with yeah, yourself. But yeah. then it's just slightly too much to do to doubles. To do double steps. But you've too fucked to do double steps anyway. The big thing is probably getting down the stairs on the other side. Because you're so weight, you know, concentrating, yeah. not concentrating. But then you get off get off that bridge and you sprint down to the range, which is the bottom of camp. And that's where you'll get your time call. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough test. That, uh, that was one of the worst ones for me because it's just... It's right in that time domain that I don't really like. Um, that sort of 60, 70 minutes pushing yourself all out for that yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's not great. It's not like pocket rocket short no, intensity and it's not like mega long endurance yeah, where you can kind of just like bed down. Mm. It's that, it's that, middle it's that on the edge still, in the middle ground, Where you can it? still zone five it, but it's horrendous. Yeah. Um, which I guess is by design, but they do... Um, yeah, you do that, and the world record, the world record, but the record for that, I think, is something crazy. It's like fifty-four minutes or something. Did a PTI do that? No, one of my one of my lads in training did that. That's um, mental. He's next semi-pro rugby player, and he's like fits foot. Oh, that got I don't know whether that still sounds, but it's 50, 54 or fifty-six minutes. But mate, just run, just if you just run six miles across normal terrain with thirty pounds, and you do it in fifty-ish minutes, that's a great time. Yeah. But having negotiated all that shit beforehand and then sprinted back. We worked out that he ran his last four miles at six minute miles. That's fuck it. Oh, I just do like an unweighted six minute mile. Really. Like, like, most people can't. <laughs> That's mad. <laughs> He's mental. Um, but yeah, he was a fucking monster. He's one of them blokes who like, you. he would move at the same pace if he was unladen or yeah. if you had 30 pounds on him. Like, like a pack mule. Yeah, just he was just going. But, um, but yeah, it's impressive that. And I, I remember I was... On that endurance course, getting hounded by one of my corporals, you're like, "Fuck it, come on!" Like they're always telling you you're failing. You're you're off the pace here, whatever. I wasn't, but they tell you that to see and go quicker. And one of the lads who was in the other waves, they set you off in fours, like I said, but they set you off in like ten or five minute increments or whatever, so you don't catch each other up. You know, Blod, the lad who's um, yeah the Welsh lad. Uh, so he was behind me in the, in the wave behind, but he shouldn't have been in that wave because he missed one of the run throughs. So they didn't really know where to put him. So they put him like towards like the middle, I guess. Um, so you, you get set off in like fastest wave first, yeah. least fast, so it makes sense. But he was in the wrong wave, so he was rapid. And so he fucking so he caught a, me up. He was actually lapping people. He ran me down. I was like, <laughs> you bastard. And he was one of them as well, the same, like a bit like a pat meal where you'd put weight on him. He's like, nothing. Yeah. And I was shit with weight. Yeah. The whole time through training, like I've always spoke about, I was weak as piss going into training, so had no strength in my legs. My body just could not handle excess weight, man. No. I was well, we, we're short kings as well. Yeah, he, it, so is he. But um, but he's like again rugby background, so he's right, strong yeah. as fuck. But yeah, I was terrible. Um, right, so that's the first that's commando the first test. test. Yeah. Right, so in the interim period before the second, what happens? So to be fair, 
Um, test week's pretty chill in terms of everything else. It's like lectures. You get straight in the tank every time. So it's like like, like cold water therapy. You get that's by design as well. That's, that's genuine. So like they'll they'll dunk you in the tank after every test to sort of replen your legs. Um, and then you yeah you sit in lectures. You'll go and prioritize food. And it's not that intense outside of tests. That's pretty much the only week where they're sorting you out because they know you've got to that point. They don't want to set you up for failure. Yeah, they want. They know if, want you, if you can pass, you should be passing. They want you through point. at this point. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So, so it's not too bad. So that's on the Saturday. Mm. When's your next test? I think it's on the Monday or potentially on the next day. Actually, I, I'm I'm struggling to remember because like I say, it was a blur. Yeah. Like it, the whole thing is a massive blur. I think that's on the Saturday. I think the next one is the is on the Monday. But for the sake Monday. of argument, let's say it's Monday. Yeah. And you get like a good day of. R and R or whatever. I think so, yeah. Right, okay. What's the second test? The second test is the nine mile speed march. Yeah, that's right. Right, okay. So, the, and I'm assuming this is just zone four again. Mm, depends how fit you are, I guess. But this isn't. This is a. Uh, this is run as a squad. So this is run at one pace. So you, you, you know, if you were really fit, you could potentially do this at zone two. Right, okay. Um, so you're doing nine miles in. What's ninety it? minutes. Ninety. So minutes. again, it sounds not too bad. It's it's actually the easiest one of the lot, to be fair. Um, it's a nine mile squatted march at a 10 minute mile pace with again the same so um, webbing at 21 pounds and rifles for right. fighting order about 32 pounds of kit um, but you essentially you'll run the flats and downhills and you'll walk the uphills right okay so you said this is the easy bit what's the catch there's always a catch with the <laughs> it's Marines the easiest bit but there's, there's a middle portion where so it's, it's all squatted and um, for the whole time but you go over like some of the the cross countries I think you go over a portion of the endurance course not the tunnels and stuff but you go over like the, the undulating terrain and you break off because you can't stay in the in the squad that's a really tough portion because it's it's really uphill and as I say they walk the uphill you don't like fucking saunter you you still absolutely send like you're walking about five mile an hour yeah. you know, you're walking quick um, and that favours people with a long stride length Right. I don't have a long stride length, right? So I'm hanging out. So, so are you all supposed walking, to be? Are you I'm all basically doubling? Are you all supposed to be synchronised while you're doing yeah. this? Because you're marching. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. So yeah. So step. you're like doing an unnatural stride length, really, aren't you? Yeah, that's the difficult bit. And so we did it in the summer as well. So it's all all speed marches are done in the lanes. So it's like it's like on a road, but you've got hedgerow either side, and so it sort of beds you in if it's hot. It gets really hot in those kind of. Uh, it's like like a air fryer, and so uh, and so you get lads go down with heat a lot. And on our nine miler, we had two lads four hundred meters before the end, so you can see the end. So at the at the end, you've got this sign. As you would have seen it if you're interested in this sort of stuff, it would have been it's like five hundred meters to go. It's only pain or whatever. Yeah, and it's five hundred meters from the end. We just passed that sign, and then two lads started to drop back. And can, you, point, can you see him going? Well, yeah, you can see him sort of legs go or whatever. By that point, you have 400 metres to go. You've got lads like pushing them and trying to keep them in or whatever. And you get told off. You go, oh, fucking leave them if they can't go, they can't go. And um, and yeah, so they they sort of fell by the wayside. And I think one lad actually finished the, the nine-miler. But because he was so written off, they failed him. Because, Fuck um, off. Yeah, because mate, you're I'd, supposed to arrive mate, fit I'd, to fight. I'd be fucking seething yeah. at that. So he'd like sent it, gone pure into like blackout mode into into the nine mile point, uh, and because he was written off afterward, they had to fail him because you're supposed to arrive good to go, fit to fight. Um, so the idea is it's an advanced to battle. 
So the idea is you do the nine mile speed march, but then you do a section attack afterwards. Right. Were you fit to fight after that? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't too bad. It, I was I was hanging out in the middle, but I had to just. The big thing is speed marching. If you can take anything away from this, if you're speed marching, just try and like listen into the cadence of. I was trying to just zone out from everything else and just think and just count the sort of left rights in my head to go left right left like as if I was the drill instructor. But that removed me from like the pain of what I was feeling and just just let me sink into a bit of a rhythm and get. Uh, get through the test but that was that was kind of how I did it and I certainly had to draw on that about three or four times in that test because I was, I was ruined again with weight I'm, I was useless even after like you say at the start nine months of eight months of building up your fitness with weight yeah. I was still terrible Like and so these tests were not easy my, my, the four mile and the six mile speed march which you do at different times in training were pretty easy but I think nine miles just pushed me over a little bit long way in it this is a random question, yeah, uh, and slightly left field. Hmm. What about cars? You know, you said it's done on lanes. Do they close the roads off? No. So you have uh, you have traffic guides. So the training team will act as traffic guides. So two of them at the front posted about twenty thirty meters in front, and two at the back posted about twenty right. thirty meters at the back, and they'll be always looking, and they'll be going like traffic rear, and they'll tell the traffic guys at the front to stop the traffic at the front. And then they'll send the traffic rear, and then they'll do the same the other way. So do you have to stop for traffic? No. No, good. Because I would be fucking... The last thing you'd want is some hat mm. on the way to the, do the weekly shop while you're fucking digging out. I trying know, to get, I think trying it's to get pretty normal in. around there as well. Yeah. They must see it all the time. Yeah, I was going to um, say. But no, you don't really. And then the good thing about the nine miler is because it's one of the more tame ones, you get over the bridge afterwards and you march into camp. And everyone comes to congratulate you having done your nine mile and you right. get a full march past. A bit like the lads did on, on the King Squad. Right, because it's not as intense. It's like active recovery yeah, for the yeah. core, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that set you up for the third test. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's still brutal, but it's not nearly as bad as the others at all. It's still, it's probably like the easiest on most people's radar. So that's like the Monday. Mm. So it's like... Normal service resumes, you get like a day rest again? No, I think you do the next one next day. Right, okay. Yeah. So we're on to, the, th- so we're on to the third one. Yeah, this is the Tarzan. So the, reportedly for most people, this is the worst. This is like a... So it's like... It's an assault course that you have to do in like 12 minutes. 13. 13 yeah. minutes. It's like a long buster, isn't it? It's fucking this is, horrendous. If yeah. the others were zone four, this is zone five. Yeah, this is like above that probably. It's <laughs> horrific. Um, There's like... There's not a lot of things you can do that put you in that position in that, like physiologically it's just mental um but yeah it's 13 minutes it's like a 13 minute sprint effectively like imagine but you're like, also navigating like obstacles and yeah, stuff. yeah that's why it's so aerobically cha- challenging yeah. because of of all the extra stuff you've got to got to negotiate but um yeah so it's that's the day after i think for this this was the one i was the most confident for because it's the the short, sharp sort of fizz that yeah, I'm right at. Pocket rocket. Yeah, and so I was, I was almost hundred percent sure I was going to pass it. It was still shit and horrendous, but I was, I was good at it, and I was decent at the obstacles. And yeah, so you go, you start on, you start on something called the death slide. Happy with that. Um, and you basically have a rope. And oh right, yeah, not, I've seen this. Yeah, this you're is not like this in at all. Yeah, and you just get off this thing, and you, you, have, you have to slide down to the start position. That's when you, your time starts. Then you all climb this thing this uh ladder as quick as you can you'll uh you have to like 
get this rope in your hands, you sort of hand over hand this mini rope, get the big rope, swing on it like Tarzan onto this other thing, and then you, you're effectively negotiating the high obstacle course for which is about thirty feet in the air. It's a bit dodgy. No, no, you're obviously not clipped in or anything. Um, for the first six minutes ish, um, that's that's a tough bit because that's the bit you haven't been exposed to as much, quite right. as much. So, in training. Pra- so you have practiced on all of these before, mm. but is it just the final test is a case of bolting it all together? Yeah, you've you've also done run throughs. You've done oh, okay. you've done good a good amount of run throughs, but it is just a fact like every, anything can go wrong on those kind of things. Yeah. Like you can slip or you can you can. Well, the fact it that you're doing it at like a breakneck speed as well, you're throwing caution to the wind, really. Aren't yeah. You? So like a few lads in our troop were scared of heights, and so there's a bit at the end. They might have, they might have fucking taken it out now. I think they have because it was injuring a lot of people. But it's called the punch through the net. So you have to run, you walk, jog, sprint off this board. So it's like a I don't know like a two foot wide six foot long little plank of like a walk in the plank on a, on a ship and you run off it and you jump through the air about two meters and you've got a punch through this cargo net um and so you're supposed to hit it on your armpit so you're supposed to get through and, and then right. climb down what a lot of people were doing was like hitting their elbow yeah. and tearing their peck and all this shit that just sounds like a recipe for fucking shoulder injuries that does it was it was horrendous i had, we had two lads in our troop early on that, that rip their peck open on that um, and dislocate the shoulders all sorts but anyway these lads were scared of heights and so what they did in the, in the run throughs they would like they would walk jog you're supposed to walk jog sprint and, and jump it's not that bad right <laughs> and they would, they, would, they would walk jog and just stop at the end they would oh, just stop themselves oh, oh no. I can't do it and then the lead PT I was like you lads are supposed to be fucking boot next next week and it's like, like they, they were not happy but I don't think they even they must have done it because they're both passed, they're both passed out in the end so they must have eventually done it but yeah um, if you're scared of heights or anything, it's going to be that extra level of like caution you've <laughs> extra got. Extra level of oh, jeopardy shit. to contend with. Well, it is. Um, and because, like you say, you're moving at breakneck speed, it was like a little bit slippy when we did it, so it's all a bit dodgy. Yeah. And you'll you'll run uh, run and jump up across this thing to grab a rope, and that's the slippiest thing ever. It's like they've rubbed it in fucking lard or something. And you're like fucking Bambi on ice. Anyway, you get off that high up high obstacle course, you finish, and then. I think the hardest bit comes. So you sprint then about 800 metres with no obstacles to the start of the bottom field assault course. Okay. So and these are like high walls and stuff, aren't they? Uh, yeah, a mix of stuff. So you, yeah, so you sprint all the way. It's about 800 metres. It's horrendous, lung-busting sprint. But then you start the assault course in that neg- negative state. Then you start the assault course. So you start on uh, the little tunnels. You go through some tunnels. You run round, and you go across a it's called a tank trap so you just jump two footed across a like a six foot um chasm chasm of water yeah then you do the six foot wall which is a normal wall cargo net monkey bars because your hands are wet and everything's fucked everyone hates the monkey bars i was always hoofing at them because i do those pull-ups and i weighed about four kilos but um and then you do like these balance beam walls which are probably about 12 foot in the air which are fucking very sketchy you jump off them and you have to do the half regain. So you, have you seen the regain stuff? You yeah, the regain yeah, tank? yeah. Yeah. So you, you do that. You swing underneath. You get back on the rope and you go again. And then you sprint to the top of. This is by this point you're, you know. I was gonna say there's a fucking lot going on in 13 minutes. Oh here. yeah, that's what I mean. So like everything is done like at 100 percent speed and 100 percent intensity because otherwise you won't get round. And then yes, yeah, so you and if you mess up any obstacles, obviously you've got to go back to the start, do the obstacle again, losing time, having to sprint even further, yeah. even faster. And so, yeah, you run back up and, like I say, it's a lot to be doing. There's a video, actually, I'll put it in, of me just finishing 
the um, assault course and you can see I thought I was moving fast right you can see how <laughs> I am because I'm moving so slowly mate um, and uh, and I go over the last obstacle and then go to the, the end bit the end bit is the 30 foot wall that's how you finish you probably get there and you'll probably f- take about 30 seconds on this 30 foot wall so it's a, it's a wall with like climbing um, grips and stuff right uh, and you're, you've got a rope so you use a rope and you put your feet on the climbing bits and then you climb up as fast as you can and then your lungs fall out your mouth and you say your name and then you finish is there some fucking PTI bollocking you at the yeah. top yeah I can picture yeah. the scene yeah because yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to bring the rope with you and a lot of people just rap on that detail because they're fucked and they're, yeah. they're forgotten and that's obviously the worst thing because then they don't they don't stop your time until you fucking pull, pull the, rope. the rope up yeah. um, and they're like fucking pull the rope you're supposed to sort the lad out the next the next lad out and that, that obviously lets the rope dangle freely um, so have you got any tips for tackling the Tarzan assault Tarzan course? fucking hell other than being really lightweight and good at pull ups yeah pretty much that's, that's about it uh, <laughs> I'm not being scared of heights yeah fucking hell but it's all about um, it's all about being able to concentrate at really high heart rates and under really loads of fatigue because as soon as you like I say as soon as you mess an obstacle up and you have to go and do it again you've ruined your precious time it, is, it. It so is, the, is it designed so there's no wiggle room like if you're having to redo an obstacle you basically like fucked it well, yeah then. if you fall in the monkey bar thing you first of all you're wet and so you're fucking heavier then you've got to go back and do the monkey bars if you've already messed it up once you probably so that's like another, like another 20 seconds minimum or something minimum and then you've got to think the extra weight on you is probably yeah. going to give you another 20 seconds so and, like you, and like you said if you, unless it was just like a cognitive like time lapse mm. if you fucked it up once because you're, you're probably going to fuck, you're, you're fuck it again aren't you yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the, a lot of it is like technique um, in terms of the they obviously teach you the technique for everything but the high high obstacles. There's certain amount, certain things you have to certain like you put your foot on a certain way, and you put your knee inside, and your foot on the outside, and that allows you to move freely. If you if you pay attention to all that, it's it's not too bad. And then you've just got to move through at like almost like an eight out of ten. Because if you went ten out of ten, you'd mess up. Yeah, and like you'd fall off, right? But you go eight out of ten, so you're just going fast enough so you don't mess things up. But you're all, um, at the same time not going too slow, so you're taking the piss. But there's actually, I think, a massive advantage in being a bit a bit taller. Mm. So I was obviously I'm same same height as I was then, like five foot seven, five foot eight, and there's a, there's a thing where you're it's like two parallel ropes, right? And you sort of shimmy across. Yeah, you could sort of picture that. Yeah, yeah. The ropes are fucking well well far apart. They're like six foot three apart. Yeah. So I'm like pulling down on them, almost doing like a pull up. Yeah. under tension to get get over and then people who are like normal size like six foot they can just chill in just fucking sound yeah. um so that's difficult but they but yeah i think they've actually taken the punch through the net out now that's what i'll health and safety reasons yeah uh but i think it was probably about time because they were uh they were getting a lot of injuries doing that which is not ideal so what's the what's the transferable skill to the battlefield with that as well don't know no, it's just like a standard it's just like historically always been part of an assault course, hasn't it? Yeah. That kind of like yeah. rope punch Pu- through. Punch but other than that, it's kind of a bit it. arbitrary, isn't it? It is a little bit. I think it shows confidence at height, to be fair. True. Um, I guess there'd be other ways to replicate that, though. Yeah, it, it's just a little bit too risky nowadays, I think. Because if you execute it, like I never had a problem. If you execute it right, it's fine. Mm. But if you are it's like you maybe said, though, a when... little bit, if you're a little bit cautious, so you know, if you don't fully 
commit, commit, then yeah, you're fucked because you're not going to make it far enough and you'll catch your elbow. And that's yeah, well, it. that's the whole yeah. point. You do have to fully commit it to get up, to your, to, get up to your shoulder. You have yeah. to commit to the technique and then, then you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time, people don't and they, uh, they mess it up. Um, and some people just don't even jump. I guess the repercussions of that are worse. There's a lot. If you fail the monkey bars, you fall into water. Mm. If you fuck that up, you take your pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. slightly more on the line there. A lot of people mess up the half regain, so to the you know shimmy across the rope, and you got to get under, get back on top, and go go back because that's massively that's, technique based. I was going to say is that because it's like quite, it's very much technique based, and they're flapping at that point. You're flapping. You're almost done. So you're probably you know what nine minutes in. So you're trying to shave a few seconds by like well, yeah, potentially you're not pro- setting yourself properly. Or yeah. So you, you well, you're nine minutes in. Remember, you've been. Nine minutes at two hundred heart rate for you know so that's that's playing on as well so you, you yeah. probably can't remember perfectly the technique you've got to, you've been taught and so if you mess that up again and you you fall off the rope then you've got to go back up do that so there's a lot of execution like any assault course it's all about executing something under fatigue isn't it like yeah so it's it's all about not flapping too much and not letting your emotions and your fatigue get ahead of you and still being able to prioritize the right technique and doing it right and, and that kind of thing. Right, so that's fucking rank. Yeah, the sounds that's of it. terrible. What day? Right. What day is this? Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Tuesday. Right. Okay. So you're only midway through the week. You've done three of them. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not a full. It's, it's like five days. Right. It? Okay. Because you've so, got to allow time for redos. <laughs> um, all right, we'll touch on that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So you've let's for the sake of argument, let's say you've passed. Yeah. So you're now on to the final test, yeah. which comes when? So I think you travel that night to um, Dartmoor. Right. And then you go. So you got the best part of fuck all recovery. Yeah, and then you go <laughs> straight in. Uh, you eat, that either happens or, or you spend the day. But I think you, I think you do the thirty mile on the Wednesday. Right. Yeah. So the final test is the infamous yeah. thirty miler. Yeah. This is the one. This is the the final. This final is probably the, this is probably the test that most people are familiar with that yeah. aren't in that sphere. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's probably been publicised the most, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think on the night of the Tarzan, you'll. Travel down to Dartmoor, all your kit good to go. You'll prep everything on that night in your accommodation that you have in, in Dartmoor, and then you'll um, on the morning you wake up mega early, and then you go. So what is there to prep? Just your weight and your kit and stuff. Just to make sure your Bergen's packed properly. Yeah, we well, have a day sack and make sure that's packed properly. Make sure you've got all your food you'll need on the way. Like you pack your webbing pouches full of fucking sweets and shit. Like right, got, just simple. Like gels just and, simple yeah. carbs. Just loads of shit that you're gonna munch on it on the way around because it's eight hours. It's fucking horrendous. Right. Okay. Let's set the scene. Okay. When do you set off? It's early. It's like I think like zero six ish, zero seven. I I don't really know, but it's it's early doors. You have uh, an early breakfast that goes down, then you line up and you go. Right. So like everything in the military, I imagine it's incredibly understated. Yeah. 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 So there's no there's no like momentous occasion going on. No, it depends that. So some troops, it depends on the troop commander really. Our troop didn't have anything really, but um, there'll be high, there'll be like top brass there, around the around the course. There's, there's you know lieutenants, colonels, all these kind of people. Bear grills occasionally goes, you know, like it's a lot of um, notable people that are around the course. But you'll sometimes have like a speech from the from the troop commander to g you up before you right, go before you set yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So right. Sometimes it can be quite cool, but there. Right, so. Let's set some basic parameters. Yeah. It's 30 miles. It's 30 miles. How long have you got to complete it? Eight hours. But again, face value, that seems like mass. 
you know, just over four miles an hour, it's fine, yeah, not too bad. Because um, you think about a, mar- a marathon, which is your closest distance, everyone knows, like eight hour marathons, like bag of shit, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> but like, but you got to think, you've got weight, first of all, so you've got 35 pounds of weight plus your weapon. You're in boots. You're in boots and it's over Dartmoor. That's the, it's a, kick, that's yeah, the kicker. It's, it's like, it's cross country undulating. It's not just cross country either. It's like ridiculous cross country. If, you if you've ever fucking been to Dartmoor, you, you probably don't even really know because if you've been to Dartmoor and stay on the tracks, it's fine. But if you go between tracks and go off piste a bit, which is what you do for the Dartmoor, you pretty much just, just fucking beeline it basically. 30 miles across. Um, and so it's like, if you're familiar with baby's heads, you know what they are? No. No, oh, it's funny. Isn't it? um, it's such a, such a normal word for me. It's like baby's heads, what? But they're like these little tufts of grass. Oh, they're right. Like you know, circular tufts, but they're like so frequent that you can't really get a proper yeah foot in. I know what you mean. Though. Yeah, and so you you you're kind of basically doing high knees for thirty miles because you're trying to avoid these things, trying to stop yourself snapping your ankle on these yeah these little things. So if you're so, setting off mega early in the morning, mm-hmm. can you even see where you're stepping? the first few hours yeah it depends when you I guess if you if you're a winter troop probably not probably not no. um, but if we were we were a summer troop so yeah it was light when we set off of course it's like sunrise at 4 a.m. minute yeah right so logistically like when are you scranning when are you drinking so there's a stop every is it every five miles yeah every five miles there's a stop for so I say a stop it's like 90 seconds right and you basically get to a get to an aid station there's like they're, they're, you know they put out um, there's lads from Hunter come and help and um, and some some training team has, has stood there and you get uh, they call it hot limers don't know why uh, it's just like it's really strong gopping juice with warm water in and like electrolytes and shit and you fucking get that I in. get it's just sugar yeah and you just get that in and you get like a pasty uh, and a banana, and you have to get that that medley and that that meal deal has to go in like ninety seconds, and so you're basically still still moving while you're scranning like a massive gopping pasty and like an yeah. animal. Well, you're right. It's not even really recovering because you're oh, fucking no, scranning. So yeah, and a lot of times you'll take your you won't I won't be able to eat you won't be able to eat it in that time. So you'll take the pasty with you or whatever, yeah. um, because they'll they'll make you eat it. They'll be like. You need the it. energy, you know, you yeah. need, even though you don't want it. So it's better to get it on board and have stitch, yeah, than not to get it on board and yeah, then the fucking bananas, keel over. The amount of bananas you eat in the thirty mile, I don't think I looked at another banana for like eight months after <laughs> that, Jen. I don't think I had anything, anything else. That was horrible. So is this a compounding? Is this a compounding effect then? So for the first, I don't know, like ten miles, you're right. But then, so like we found for the marathon, when you're getting towards the tail end of it, like twenty miles onwards, you're just constantly consuming energy basically because you've got nothing yeah. in the tank yeah pretty much yeah and obviously you've got your own little bits and bobs that you've you've siphoned away in your webbing that you can draw on if you if you need to um again the 30 mile like i said about the week it's such a blur it's mental like trying to piece things together is crazy it's like it's like i wasn't even there it's like a bit of an out, out of body experience I guess it's it kind really of is. Strange. I guess you have to take yourself out of your body to make it bearable i think you do. I, I really can't I can't really figure out whether the things I'm remembering were me or were like the documentary I've seen. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, memory's, memory's weird, isn't it? We're trying to go on too much of a tangent here, but it is very selective. Yeah. So like definitely. sometimes you remember things that you haven't actually lived. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but you can remember like dreams and think, 
that one. Yeah, that so you like wrongly life. attribute it to yeah. your lived experience, even though it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very strange, but certainly with I find with things like that, with like even the marathon, saying like I can remember bits, but not. No, it's all just amounts, a blur, isn't it? Know, really, after like fifteen miles, I can't really. But this this was so I definitely remember the fact that zero to twenty miles, we did fast, like I was hanging on. I to was fucked, man. To try and buy, was yeah. the idea to buy behind time. that to buy time? They do right? that. They always do that. Yeah, they, that's, that's how they run it. Um, so yeah, they do the first twenty fast, and then we pretty much walked the last ten, walked them around slightly, but we walked the last ten. But because they're every five miles, these aid stations, you kind of you can. So the way I did it anyway was I set little goals in my head. So when I got to twenty miles, I thought, okay, one more aid station, sweet. And then when I get to that, I know I'm pretty much there. Then you're on the home right? But um, but your body's just such in a in like an overdrive. You're just a whole lot. It's just mad, yeah. But um, the 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 aid stations are one of the worst bits because you've got to just like force feed yourself carbs and sugar for ninety second period, then you're straight on again. Going yeah, that's like, it's like false advertising, really, isn't it? Because they've marketed it as an aid station, <laughs> yeah. But it's not really because it's not pleasant. No, you well, do. The other thing is like if you were on a marathon or whatever, doing it under your own steam, you could just stop. Have five minutes, you know, yeah. take your kit off, do whatever, eat, have have it go down, and then go because you're under strict time constraints. Yeah. You're in a squad, you've got to stay with the squad members as well. Even if you get under eight hours, I reckon, because I, I don't think I don't really know. They don't publicise the times you get. They don't tell you 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 got it done in seven it's hours. Like, is it like down to their discretion almost? Yeah. Well, you know it's done in under eight hours, but it could be done in seven hours. You never know. Yeah. You know they could have just done it rapid. Um, but certainly, if you fall like two hundred meters behind the troop, you, you'll fail. So there's not like, there's not a hard number that they give. But it's no. like it's up to them. It's like well, you just got to stay with the pack. Yeah, basically. If you don't stay with the pack in the thirty mile, you're gone. Um, you're, 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 Is that when you'll you get fail. picked up by the sweeper truck? Yeah, <laughs> there's not necessarily a sweeper truck on the thirty mile because it's um it's so undulating. Yeah. But you'll get sort of swept up by like the company commander who's who's, who's milling about. You're like. Right. You're, you're, you're done it. Oh, so demoralised. <laughs> Did you have anyone drop out towards the end of yours? To be honest, I think everyone passed the thirty miler. Everyone That's passed good. it because uh, again, short of injury, mate, nothing's going to stop you there. No, because it's, it's all so, just fucking mental. Even isn't it? with injury, some lads are turning ankles and cracking on, and you know, it's it, it's one of them things that you you're pretty much going to you're willing to put everything on the line for that because it's so long in the making. Like we talked about at the start, like it's. It's eight months plus, however long you've been thinking about it, however long you've been training for it, right? It's all of that is compounded in this one moment, this one eight hours. And so you're yeah. thinking about all of that and you're using all that for motivation. True. And unlike the other tests where you know there's something coming after it, this is the final one. Yeah, so you can like you can throw the kitchen sink at yeah, it. Yeah, you can you? fuck yourself a bit, can't you? And then, yeah. then you're done. Cause like, so the following week is King Squad, yeah. where you're just basically doing a load of parade shit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So you've still got to be able to walk, but I mean... Um, other than that, like can you can you fail that week? Nah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, like, would so say like you fucked sure. it, fucked it on the thirty mile when you rolled your ankle or something, mm. and you couldn't walk for a few weeks. Would they just postpone it to the next? Would they back troop you? I'm not sure. Maybe you could like pass out with crutches or something. I don't know. But it seems a bit harsh, you know, like to throw the yeah. kitchen sink at the thirty mile, and then they're like, oh well, actually, you can't fanny about the parade square for an hour. So yeah, the other thing might be the fact that. Again, you can't fight at the end of that. I don't know, maybe not. But I, mate, I was, I got, um, I always did this because I, I was really bad at a few of them myself and really bad at hydrating and stuff um, as much as I needed to. And I was always mega like, 
washed of colour after like these tests. After you know, really, like really fucking Ill. Casper the ghost. Yeah, I looked terrible. <laughs> and so the bloke was giving the bloke was like this XSB, XBS fucking um, company commander. He was like massively high up, and he was giving us our speech after our thirty miles. Like, and then he comes around and gives you your your green lid. Yeah, and I looked horrendous mate I was like you're not in and out of consciousness yeah, like yeah, oh, I was yeah like, geez, like, mate. he was like is this, you're alright mate he was like, I was like oh, yes sir I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was like well done I was like right so, um, like, not leading into him like, when he shakes your yeah, hand like. <laughs> yeah, legs are like shaking um, but yeah and then we had you basically get stood in a square uh, and and handed out your your lids uh, and what happens is pretty savage is if anyone's failed any of the other tests of course they don't get their lids then do they Oh, um, so they're stood off to the side and it's fucking savage man so you've just done your 30 mile and you're fucked and then you don't get your lid right so <laughs> right so now that we've covered all four tests comprehensively mm. let's now get into some more kind of like commando test week admin, admin. yeah I, right. uh, so if we one, need to cover the thing I, um, no, I remember after my 30 miler the only thing I did we, you get like, like a 90 minute transit from the end to back to camp yeah all I remember right, was I got in got in that wagon <laughs> I texted my dad saying, done it, right, and then I went to sleep, <laughs> and I woke up at, at camp, I was back, but my legs, had, you know, your legs like seize up, yeah. all my legs are just like filled with blood, and I couldn't walk, and I had to like, the lads had to carry me into the, into the <laughs> and I was like, fuck's sake, I'm ruined, um, but then you get, well, it'd be like the next couple of days to sort your shit out. Right, sound. If you haven't failed anything. Yeah. So... How it works, so if you fail a test, you carry on doing the rest of ones for the week, yeah. and at the end of the week, you do like retest. Yeah, unless it's the Tarzan, so because the Tarzan's the shortest, you'll rerun that in the afternoon, so you'll do it in the morning. <laughs> yeah, That's not really giving anyone a fair advantage, know, is it, there? Isn't it? You do it in the morning, and then um, if you had like a brain fart on the obstacles or whatever, and you've got 14 minutes or whatever, then you'll do it again like at like 2pm, and then Brilliant. if you fail it then, you get, it's the only one you get a third crack at. Is that so you, did, you get the third crack then later in the week? Mm, right, after, okay. after all the others, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you do. I, I wonder think, what the pass percentage is on the second or third retake. Surely okay. the third one's higher. Surely. Well, this is the same. I don't know if I talked about this, but I probably did. When um, when I failed bottom field pass out. See, I failed bottom field pass out, right? On the farm and fireman's carry. Again, because you, you're a natural disadvantage. Yeah, there. I just c- couldn't fucking carry him that quick, I thought, anyway, on that day. And then, so I, so I finished that. We then run through the rest of bottom field pass out. So you do like the regain, whatever, uh, the assault course. And then they were like, okay, anyone who's failed, dress over here. Okay, rerun what you failed. And so then having been fucked, having already sent like 110% on the carry and then done something else as well, I had to then try the carry again. And of course I failed it again. Yeah. And then so I did it the next day and, and passed it. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. you've been rested and recuperated. Yeah, it's it's mad, weird it? how that works, isn't it? Recovery. Yeah. Yeah, they don't get that. But, no, um, that's over Uh Right, okay, so covered failures. So you said a lot about they try and control as many variables as possible. Mm-hmm. What about weather? What are favourable weather conditions in your experience? Uh, for what? For every one of them. But I guess that each each one may favour different weather conditions. Yeah, I think so. So if you have like a nice crisp, dry morning on the, on the endurance course, it's probably quite decent. Not muggy. Yeah, you don't want it hot. You want it quite crisp yeah. and cold, and that'd be good. And then the water would be fresh, but that's fine. I'll that wake you up a bit, to be honest. Yeah. Getting firing. Yeah, exactly. But but the other thing is the ground's quite hard, so it's not like muddy and yeah, you know, getting all that sort of slowing you down with with loss of traction. And then you get back, 
and you weren't about to deal with as much shit in your rifle. Yeah. So because it's not as maybe it's maybe loads of dust in it, but that won't be a massive thing. You get to pull it through, so you get to like clean it a bit a before nice spring morning, ideally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you do you do want something like that, and then um, uh, the other obviously the nine miler, same exactly. You don't want it hot. You want it really. No. You want it really quite yeah. cool. Even raining is probably fine for that. Yeah. I think it was drizzling at the start of ours, then got really really hot. That would be and good. That's, that's what lads fucking. That's when lads went down. But yeah, you want it cool for the for the thing. You wouldn't want it wet for the Tarzan. Surely yeah. that's going to oh, make mate. obstacles a lot harder, isn't it? It's like it's ridiculous how much difference that makes. It was like if it's frosty or um, or raining, they don't have any filter, so they'll just do it anyway. That's got um, you got to dig out probably like an extra like. 10-15% when it's wet yeah. surely oh yeah but it's just the fact that you have, you have to slow down yeah because oh, you yeah. can't move as fast as you can if it's dry yeah and so then you've got to go quicker in other bits so you've got to sprint to the other bit quicker and you've got to you know do the other bit so the other obstacles faster so like things like the balance beams and things like the um, the I guess the rope pulls and all that sort of stuff if it's wet it's fucking savage. It's like, impossible. Yeah. Um, we had to do our bottom field, not pass out, but the the build. So the first bit of bottom field in really really icy, like frosty conditions, and they don't like pull any punches. They're not like, oh lads, it's too frosty today. We're gonna leave this obstacle. No, nah. they're like, uh, you crack on, lads. If you get injured, you get injured. What happened um, actually with the ropes? So this is pretty sad. I don't know if they um, they stopped doing this, but anyway. When it's wet, the ropes are better because they grip with your trousers more. Yes, you know more, fr- more that, friction. That thing the other day, the, the way the Marines talk, uh, yeah, climb yeah. the rope and use, use your knees. Yeah, well, the there's knee more, clamp. Yeah, there's more friction so you can you can get it more. If it's frosty, it's the opposite, so there's less friction you can't do anything. They made lads do like one, well, basically one too many rope climbs on one day, one of the frostier days. And la- one of the lads got to the top, just lost all grip. It's 30 feet, yeah, just... Because he, his arms are like completely cooked. And I don't, know, I don't know what the best kind of way to describe that is. A bit like doing one of them pump finishes we do with the bicep stuff. Yeah. A bit like that times by 10. And now you've got to do a rope climb 30 feet. And so he's at the top and he's got no no friction, no uh, traction with his, with his knees because it's so frosty. No traction with his arms because his grip's fucked. And he just slid. <laughs> he's fireman pulled it. Yeah, literally straight down 30 feet. Broke his femur. <laughs> just because of the weather, isn't it? So like, shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's just because of the weather, and then so yeah, taking it into the, the Tarzan. If you have it wet or you have it uh, icy, it's just going to be be worse. It's not going to be pleasant. When we had our first proper run through the Tarzan, um, not to flex too much, but I was the only one who passed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because uh, it was just, like lads were just fucking shitting themselves, and um, yeah. and we got thrashed to fuck after that because they were like lads. You've got your test week in two weeks and no one passed. How's that going to look on us as a training team? So they were fucking hammered us after that. And I was like, I passed. (laughs) But I I was still getting thrashed, obviously. Um, We were stood in the tank in the rain with our little heads poking out. Little heads poking out. Just being called a piece of shit. Yeah, just being being spat spat by a lot. Like, oh, how do you fucking cunts? Might have to put this as an explicit podcast, don't we? Um, But yeah, it's... Definitely, you want it dry, and you don't want it crisp because that will leave little layers of frost. So even a bit warmer on the yeah, Tarzan is probably better. Yeah. Uh, what about thirty miler? Same again. Uh, yeah, you don't want it wet. You just want like cool, overcast weather. Effectively, you don't want it wet though with the Tarzan. Uh, with the thirty miler, it's because it it makes because be, of traction, because of bog, bog. Yeah. If it's been raining, the earth gets obviously saturated, and in 
Dartmoor between the tracks when it's when it, the cross country bits, they become bog and then you you're literally doing high knees for thirty miles. Oh. It's fucking horrendous if that's the case. But ours was decent to be fair. Our thirty mile was good weather. Um, but my feet were just fucking tapped. They were terrible. Yeah. We need to give a shout out to the training team as well because they do they well just generally because <laughs> yeah, they yeah, do true, they yeah, do true. the thirty milers with you, don't they? Yeah. Well, they actually do like a practice thirty miler with a different troop. They'll do like eighteen miles of it. To train, to train. So they'll, they'll go on like a, another Wednesday. They'll cut away. You won't see them, and they'll have done the what like the week 18. before or something. No, like a couple of weeks before. Yeah, they'll do, do it with another cha- another team. Um, but yeah, the training teams are fit as fit lads. Like they've got to be on the same level as the recruits. And bear in mind, they haven't had all the same physical training as the recruits. Yeah. they're just doing like their push pull legs in the gym. So you've already you've all in training been building up to that. It's the onus is just on them to yeah. stay at that level of fitness. Yeah. To be fair, they don't have to carry the same weights and stuff. So like on the endurance course, they're not running through the tunnels, tunnels with you, yeah. and then haven't got the webbing on. They're just like running back with you on the lanes. Yeah. And on the nine miler, they don't really have to do anything too much. The PTI runs that, so that's a bit different. Tarzan again, they're just fucking stunt standing there shouting at you. Um, and I then mean, I don't blame them. That's what I would do. Yeah, that, the, but the thirty miler they do have to do with you. So the thirty miler that one one of the train or two of the training team will take. A half of the troop and two of the training team will take the other half of the troop yeah. and they'll just got to do it. So have they got their packs on as well? They've got so far, yeah. They haven't, they haven't got a weapon, I don't think. And they've got probably, they haven't got £35. They've got like safety stores. Yeah, bait loads of scram. Well, they've got scram and waterproof. First and aid kits, like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like fucking, they're still doing it though. Yeah, so if you if you fail any of the tests, so if you fail the endurance, again, either, either the shoot or the run, You'll redo the whole thing, but you'll redo it on, I think, the Saturday ne- the next week. I think that is the redo day. So if you fail, if you fail two of them, by the way, you failed, you've done. You only allowed one fail. So um, what happens then? You get back through. Yeah. You get, by how many weeks? Well, you have to go, I think you have to go and redo the commando phase, which is like last four weeks of training. Mate, it's like snakes and ladders, isn't it? It's horrible, mate. You land on a snake. Yeah. You, fuck, yeah. do you go back four <laughs> weeks? <laughs> That's a class analogy. Yeah, it is. Um, we're going to clip that. And then um, tag the room ring. That would be the new marketing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> snakes and ladders with added jeopardy. Yeah, it's a state of mind. Terror rotation. It's a snake of mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's a snake of mind. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, if you fail endurance, you'll redo it, redo it on a Saturday. Nine mile are the same, but again, it's just you and the PTI. It's a bit harder because you're not in a squad. Fucking some awkward small talk, that, innit? Oh, yeah. No, you won't, you won't be talking much. <laughs> Time you on till. Yeah. <laughs> till you fucking finish, you yeah. cunt. <laughs> Saturday morning, you fucking hat. Um, and then the 30 mile is the worst. Cause, so you do it normally over Dartmoor in a big Ferrari with a massive fucking parade at the end of it. You know, yeah. the whole thing, yeah. Obviously, you still know you're going to get your lid at the end. Bear in mind, you get your lid in front of no one at the end, which is shit. That's a bit shit. Um, but but you do it with like laps of Woodbury Common. That's you shocking. do like three or four laps. That, that could only be horrendous. made. That could only be made worse by doing it on a treadmill. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, I know lads who've done that as well. Um, not as a commando test, but as a, as a fucking as a, as a bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how it works. And again, if you fail more than one, then you then you fail. I actually had one of my best mates in training. I've told you this story before, but. but um, he walking up to the endurance course, fell over, knocked his rifle, knocked his zero off his rifle. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, you telling yeah. me about this. Knocked his zero off his rifle, <laughs> so went through the entire thing, not knowing that regardless of what he did, he oh, wasn't going to pass. Oh. <laughs> so then he, he he actually got 
one out of ten shots on target, which is a good effort because you only had no zero. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, "Well, how the fuck did you get one out of ten shots at twenty-five meters? It's like that is so. You should be getting ten out of ten. It's fucking yeah. easy, right? Um, but then they tested his zero. And he's like way off, like two two targets fucking to the up. left. Uh, and so he re-zero, did it again, and, and smashed it up. But but yeah, it's it's savage. If you if you knock your rifle or anything like that, and you you screwed. Oh, that is. Or if you get a, a stoppage. One of the lads on that uh, documentary got a bad, got a bad stoppage. You have to get six or seven rounds on target. If you don't shoot seven rounds, if you can't pass, yeah. Uh, and so it's like it's a done at timed intervals. So it's like targets up, targets down, targets up, target. So it's like every couple of seconds. So if you're spending like a few seconds clearing a stoppage or whatever, is your stoppage got, like a jam? Yeah, because you've got right. like maybe you've got a double fee. So you got two two rounds going into the chamber, Check, right? And so it stops or. There can be loads of stuff. What influence is that? Like, like dirt and grime. Yeah, and gunk could you just put no oil in of the the weapon. Right. It's another stoppage. You obviously got um, you've got weapons fail to fire, which is just the firing pin can be uh can could not be hitting the end of the, the round, which can be a lot of problem. That can be like that can be the fact it's dirty, or it can be the fact you've not put it together properly because it's been because you're flapping or whatever. Yeah, loads of shit can influence a stoppage, but um. If you get one of them, you can't clear it in time. You'll fire as well. Fucking hell! There's a lot of sh- there's a lot of shit well, going it's on like, here. It's a fucking achievement, I guess. Yeah, it? true. Because like, you got a, a lot of shit's got to go right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, to get and not it. not all of it is in your hands. That's true. Yeah, majority. You got a fucking, majority. Majority. You got to ride your luck. Yeah. Well, you're um. You make your own luck. Yeah, well, you make your own luck. You know, <laughs> so there's, that's the zone four you, answer. You know, I feel like luck. Yeah, <laughs> you make your own luck. You do listen to uh, listen to the Look Factor by Brian Tracy. Good, good uh, book there. What was I going to uh, say? Yeah. Right, uh, so so let's let's rank these, or you just give us a top one. Which one did you find the, the easiest or most most suited you? I'll say the Tarzan because it was shortest. Right, <laughs> over the quickest. And do you think you're different from most lads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most what? lads do say the Tarzan's hardest. Right, okay. Mm. So what do they think's the easiest? The speed march. Yeah, nine right. Nine. Uh, like Al would say the nine mile yeah well he's got fucking long long levers yeah, hasn't exactly. he yeah he'd be fine with that um, but Tarzan was fine I'd, yeah I did it in like 10 minutes 10 minutes of horrendous fears but it's fine it's 10 minutes yeah um, and again I was more suited to that kind of thing but I, I would say so Tarzan easiest nine mile next easiest 30 mile next easiest and no I don't know I can't decide between those two the endurance and 30 mile because I always used to say 30 mile wasn't as bad as the endurance course because I'd never think about 30 mile enough but today I have and 30 mile was terrible <laughs> so, so maybe re- reaffirmed that, it in your own maybe mind maybe it's that yeah um, yeah it's, it's, it's a tough test that is um, but it's just like again it's the culmination so you're not really going to fail that or, or stop at any point yeah well I think you've comprehensively covered that yeah I, think we I don't think there's anything else unless there's any dits or anything that you want to add uh, I think I've gone through covered all of my minutes. points um, no I think uh, from my own experiences of, of going through the the each individual test like you had the lad fail because his, his weapon was off zero you had like that was on the endurance the nine miler with the two lads going down with heat that's terrible um, oh, also there's that story about the bloke who didn't have like breakfast basically for the thirty mile. You remember that on the on the documentary? Yeah. He basically yeah. had like I mean, half a Weetabix or something. Right. I mean, you put yourself in good stead there, aren't you, mate? Yeah. And then he just was literally like Casper for like seven miles in. So yeah, don't do that. And then um, 
the Tarzan, again, if it's wet, it's going to be fucking terrible. And if you're scared of heights, then man up. And then um, the 30 miler, you just, you just got to get it done. Lovely. Yeah. Comprehensive. Let's, let's now move on. Let's move on to our segments. Again. To our segments. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> almost as bad as my dancing that the other week. <laughs> right. He's done Sam Pellegrino. Underrated, overrated. Play the jingle. It's either underrated, you've charmed me, or it's overrated. Well, that was fucking dreadful. Right, who wants to go first? Yours is ad hoc. You can go first. Well, speaking of Sam Pellegrino, (laughs) underrated, overrated, sparkling water. Oh, fuck's sake. Right, okay. I actually do think underrated. Um... Yeah, yeah. Not 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 sponsored. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, I think underrated, and um, not least because of its mineral content, right? As you as you like to point out constantly. Um, but also, if you're, I was talking to my dad actually about this this morning. If you're dieting, it's actually really good because it makes you feel fuller, and it gives you something to drink that isn't just fucking water. So if you had someone who's like like as a coach, if I have someone who drinks loads of diet coke or drinks loads of coke. And they think, oh fuck, I've only just got to drink water now. It tastes of nothing. It's like it's, there's nothing there really. But if they have sat, uh, like sparkling water, it's at least something. Yeah. That's a bit interesting rather than just that's water. A, that's an underutilized dieting tip, I think. That exactly, definitely. Because it does fill you up, doesn't it? Up. Yeah, I always put people onto that. Yeah. Um, especially uh, like if you're certainly if you've got like a really restrictive diet, so if you're keto and you can't have much sugar, because it, it sort of has the same kind of consistency as um, fizzy drinks isn't it yeah I like that and also as you said the mineral content mm. these are things that have recently like come, in, come onto my radar because yeah. historically being a kind of from a socialist upbringing I always associated sparkling water with Tories yeah. so I was fervently fervently anti sparkling water yeah. but, but now that Sam Pellegrino's come into my life I have to say I think it is over underrated so can you actually concisely tell us what mineral content does no <laughs> I just know that you need vitamins and minerals to fu- for basic human function. Yeah, this is true. Um, no, I, yeah, I agree. I, I can't really, can't really pinpoint what they do. Um, but it's the same as so, like. So essentially, you need vitamins and minerals to for basic human functions. Don't it's, you? It's to, like the building blocks, aren't they? Yeah, the, the building blocks. Of blocks. I couldn't tell you the specific kind of like biological well, function that no. they fill. I just well, at a macro level, I know that your body needs them. So why not provide them to it? Calcium in it. To be fair, there's sodium. No, there's not sodium. There's magnesium in this, which is part of an electrolyte balance. Uh, chloride. Probably not a good thing that I put electrolytes in in it then. Cause You've OD'd. I've double, double whammy day. I'm fucking bouncing. It's like, that's like mixing like alcohol and weed, isn't it? That it's you've like, got yeah, yeah. You, like, like You want to get high, but now you're too high. It's like mixing pre-workout and Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> which we know certain individuals do. Um, but yeah, Sam Pellegrino is he's underrated, I think. Do you think all sparkling water or just, just no, this? this is, this is where it gets a bit more nuanced, okay, right? Because yeah. I think that some sparkling water is overrated. Right, okay. I'm well, I'd, just carbonated water. I'd like to set I'd like water. to set my stall out here. I'm very much on the San Pellegrino hype. Yeah. I've not dabbled in enough sparkling water to have an opinion on that. How much is it? This I know I bought it yesterday, but I can't remember. How much <laughs> yeah, bearing in mind you were the one that bought it. <laughs> It was on. Is it so one fifty? Something. Like so these that. one liter bottles were on. I sound like a fucking advert now. <laughs> they, they could be yours, but Tesco. <laughs> they were on offer at Tesco for one quid. 
That's pretty good. That is good. That's not bad. It can, which is, I mean, not that I Normal fucking... Normal water's fucking that, more than that, like. Yeah, a little like, shitty bottle of still Evian's, like, 90p, isn't it? Yeah, at least, like, drink this over smart water or anything like that. Smart, yeah. like, fucking nothing in it. It's just like tap water, isn't it, basically? Maybe it is mineral. Surely it is, if it's smart. If it's not mineral water, basically, don't pay for it. Yeah, yeah, you might as well drink tap water. That's the take-home from this. Unless it says mineral water and it has actual mineral content, it's come from, like... A, a natural spring Come don't from, don't drink it because it's just effectively it's reconstituted tap water basically yeah true bottled at source here we go yes yeah, yeah so it's not, I, I think I'm going to rate it because most people don't drink it um, what about if you just get like normal water and carbonate it though what like soda streams mm. back, back in the day yeah uh, no that's shit I think I'm, primary, I'm primarily coming at this from the fact that you can from the mineral from the mineral content, content yeah. yeah well I think car- uh, the carbonated like soda stream stuff can have a role if you're looking at it from a diet perspective. Yeah, I true. Think. That is true. It still does the same thing. Yeah, though. and I'll be honest, it is it is a bit of an acquired taste. I I used to not like sparkling water, but now I've drank it a bit more. Yeah, well, I I've got my elements in here. And it's um, not, is it, how is that? It's pretty good. <laughs> That's a good sales pitch now. This good. So Harry, tell me how it feels with <laughs> elements involved. No, it's actually nice. Um, I was just looking to change it up because I normally have element in still water, but it's just, I I have. 500 mil normally this is one litre so it's a lot weaker with this yeah actually while, while we're on the topic we need to cover this as well it's slightly different but on the, on the same, under the same water umbrella right. people that don't drink tap water because they think that they're a lot better than it oh yeah that's bullshit isn't it but they buy they buy shit like just bottled tap water from the shop not mineral water just bottled water yeah. so it's coming from the same place yeah. they've just not got it out they've, they've basically added a middleman. Yeah, well, also it's worse for the environment because you're. Yeah, so of it's worse for the environment. You basically you're consuming the same thing. Yeah. You just think that you're fucking better because you haven't got it out the tap directly. Yeah. That's. You, so you're lying to yourself. They've rebadged it. Yeah, they have rebadged it. And you're actually you're paying, you're paying more, more, and you're paying more for the fucking inconvenience. Because <laughs> yeah. instead of just going to the sink to get your fucking water, you've had to go to the shop to pay more for it, yeah. and you're drinking the same thing. And you have to pour it, which is an inconvenience. Taps were, ma- taps were made for a reason. Yeah, you put, yeah. Your fucking, put your fucking gob under it, mate. <laughs> Lick yeah. it up like a cat. I think um, we're in agreement there. Underrated, like you said before. We um, yeah. had a lot of overrated, haven't we? So we Yeah, can, I like that. We need to spread some in. positive news. Get on the sparkling water hype. Yeah. Also, or, or lack of hype, actually. Yeah, it's true. Well, it starts, starts now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, my turn. Underrated, overrated. Ready? Mm-hmm. UFC. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. I think rated. Okay, fair enough. I've I've been getting into it a bit more recently. Yeah, uh, I've noticed yeah, that. Yeah, and so um, it, it's entered my uh, my field of field of vision. So the thing is, I rate UFC, but I don't know enough about fighting to get. So you know, like the more you put into something, the more you get out. Yeah. So like, I found with cricket recently, the more I've watched it and like picked up on terms and stuff. Yeah. the more I can appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't understand fighting. I don't come from like a martial arts background or whatever. Mm. I can't... I'm kind of at the limit of my enjoyment at the moment. Right, I feel yeah. like I need to invest in it more. I think if you started to do BJJ... Yeah, I'd love cha- it. Yeah, yeah, I'd love it. you start to understand like the games and the... the like, I, 
I'm a bit of a BJJ nose without even doing it because I, I watch all these fucking videos. <laughs> Proper but, armchair BJJ. Yeah, 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 fan. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting. I'm going to go practical soon. Don't worry. It's just all um, in your mind. Yeah. Like, you can't actually do it, but in your mind, you're just folding people in half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, when they're when they're grappling and stuff, I know what's going on. And then I have my fucking limited background in striking, but I did karate. But but like it's similar. I know how it feels to be at distance with someone. You know. So it is um, interesting for me. But I think it's. I don't know if it's underrated. I think in this country it's underrated because it's always in fucking mental countries where yeah. it's on like on at like two AM, um, nah. and you can't really you can't really watch it. But yeah, I think it's rated. But the other the other side of the coin here. So Go on. there's also people right who watch UFC and just think instantly they can throw like a they, yeah. they can they can start fighting people on the night out. These, I think these are hats. These are the people that give UFC a bad name. Yeah, definitely. and we know they are. Yeah, because they tweet about it as soon as there's a fucking UFC fight. Yeah, true. These yeah. are the these are the armchair experts. The McGregor fans aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're yeah. Meg. Yeah, they're yeah. naturally drawn towards Conor McGregor because he's a fucking loudmouth as well. Yeah, exactly. So they'll they'll watch like it'll be a Saturday night. They'll go out with the lads. They'll watch. UFC fight. They're, they're See someone get folded yeah, in half. They're, they're ten stellas deep at this yeah, point. Yeah, and, and their testosterone peaks, and then they go, come out of the pub looking for a scrap, basically yeah. looking to emulate what they've just seen on TV. That is fucking terrible behaviour because that's just like that's fucking AIDS, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's the only problem with the UFC, effectively, isn't it? Because like it's just like when Wimbledon's on and loads of cunts want to play tennis. Yeah. When the UFC's on, loads of people want to beat what, each is, other is up. It, is it the Dunning Kruger bias? Where like you learn a little bit about something and then you actually like overestimate how much you actually know about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, like that, yeah. isn't it? It's like they see a fight. It's like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, like, like throwing, I know, I know how to punch. Throwing like aimakers outside, like yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, it's a bit like that. Kevin said at the seminar last week. It's like those people have seen it at UFC now, so they're they're always about like pulling people into their their guard and shit, and like, yeah. they think they know what they're doing, but then they just get clattered. Yeah, because um, they're in a street fight and not in a UFC fight. But yeah, I think it's good. I, I um I've been recently getting getting more and more into it. But there's a good I don't know. I'll recommend it. The, the documentary about Conor McGregor on Netflix is really good. But if you're squeamish about bones breaking, it just just a warning because it, uh, it starts and finishes with his. I think it's the last fight he ever had. Dustin Poirier three, and uh, he basically takes a step. It's like round three or something. Takes a step on his ankle. He's like bouncing like in army does, and his ankle just his, his tibia. Just snaps in half. He's gopping, mate. What, just under his own weight? Yeah. It's horrible. Oh, mate. it's horrible. Oh, mate. Oh, it's gushy. It's nasty. That, that is the one thing that I do struggle with with UFC. I'm mm. I'm naturally squeamish. I am a little bit for that kind of thing. Like, it's like when Anderson Silva, have you seen Anderson Silva? Yeah. When he kick, his leg kicks him, he checks it, and yeah. his leg just snaps, mate. That is horrible, that. But yeah. Um, just in a box. <laughs> but. Uh, but um, but yeah, watch that because it's quite a good depiction of Conor McGregor's career. I wasn't really that aware of, of what he'd done. Um, but he was, he's not actually, like he's obviously class when he came up, but he's not the best in the business like he always gobbled off about. Yeah. He keeps getting battered now. Um, and then breaking his leg over his own, under his own weight. <laughs> now, I'm going to say UFC, I like watching it. I need to invest more in it to get more out of it. Mm. Uh, my only criticism of it is these helmets who watch UFC uh, and then think that they're experts and get filled in on a high street. Yeah. Yeah, like me, the armchair, armchair fans. Yeah. But you see that you understand your limitations. Yeah, I don't try and put it on, push it on. Yeah, you thing. don't immediately think that you can better professional fighters. <laughs> yeah, like fucking Bradley Martin. Yeah, over that fucking hat. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's um, that's my underrated, overrated. Good love yourself. Now, 
Do you know the reason to be cheerful this week? Because no. we didn't actually discuss it before, right? No, right. Didn't. So I've made I've made one up. Right. Reasons to be cheerful. Travelling around Europe, and I think we've already touched on this before, yeah. but it's booked now. It's, yeah, it's in stone so, now. Yeah, so we called ourselves out on the podcast, so we had to do it. Yeah, I mean, we and had that, to go ahead. ahead. And, and now we have gone ahead with it. Yeah, and so, again, we'll be taking the podcast equipment with us, and so expect, is it this episode, the next episode? Oh no, the next episode will be away, won't it? So, let's do some quick mental arithmetic. <laughs> so we've got Blow the Bar 16 yes. coming out. Tomorrow. Yes. Then the following Monday, which is the Monday before we go, will be this. Yes. And then the Monday. Monday, That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Next episode. Yeah. So your next episode will. Yeah. There's the next episode after this will be live, not live, but recorded in Budapest. Yeah. The Budapest special. (laughs) Yeah. The Budapest special. So we will have done. So we'll probably record it on the Sunday and then get it out on the Monday. It's going to be. So we will have done basically three days on the piss in Budapest. The next time you'll hear from us. So, yeah, uh, so expect some loose dit. Uh, but yeah, we're booked and we're going. I can't believe it's that soon, that's mad. Um, it is mental. But the re- the reason why it's something to be cheerful about uh, is that we're bringing you with us, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's like, we want to go travelling, two birds, one stone. Let's yeah. ma- let's get some podcast content out there as well. Yeah, exactly, that's the thing. Um, I uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We've been going to places that I haven't been before. But should we cover where we're going? Yeah so, yeah, so now we've booked it, we might as well actually chalk off where we're going. Yeah, so we're going, starting in Budapest, and then we're going to Vienna for one night, two nights. So it's like, well, they don't need to know about the. So we're doing basically like a ranging from like four to two days in each place, yeah, depending yeah. on the place. So it's like Budapest, like you said, then getting a train to Vienna. Yeah. Then Vienna to Munich. Yeah, and then Prague. Then Munich to Prague, Prague to Berlin, but, Berlin uh, to Hamburg, yeah. and then fucking. Back home, mate. Yeah, and back home. That's three weeks. So be three episodes. Uh, they're dedicated to fucking. Well, hopefully not all sending it, but, uh, but no, because we well, we've got an athletics to train for, haven't we? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's another reason. Yeah. To be well, there we for. go. Yeah. Let's, let's throw that in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing that. So like, so we've got basically we come back from travelling. We've got a week buffer. Yeah. And then we straight into an athletics competition. Yeah. So we're going to have to keep our fitness squared away while we're while we're out. Yeah. Because otherwise we'll make a fool of ourselves. Um, the Athletics is on the second, like you say, so it's like the weekend after we come back, in it. So yeah, we'll so we've got we'll the... have next week to train at home, the week after we come back to train at home, but then the three weeks in the middle, effectively, are away. So. Yeah, so be prepared for a lot of comprehensive reviews of like CrossFit boxes yeah, like and gyms, functional yeah, fitness yeah, yeah. gyms in and around Central Europe. Yeah, we should be sick and excited for that. Sweet. Cool. Anything but, else? No, that's it. Yeah, uh, so I hope you enjoyed that. Commando test breakdown and uh, tune into next week's episode from live from Budapest, not live, <laughs> and it's live <laughs> yeah, from Budapest. Anyway, see you next time.